This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside of the United States, which is a great way for regular business owners to be able to leverage and gain that scale that they're looking for. And I'm Howie Nestel, the owner of Sharkmatic Advertising. Been in business now for three decades, hard to believe, but I've worked with 1,500 clients to help them with their digital marketing to help grow their influence and exposure in the marketplace. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Valerie Murillo, a licensed massage therapist and the owner of San Antonio Ashiatsu Massage. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Uh, Ashiatsu is one of my, it's my favorite massage. No joke. And the first time I went through that experience, I was like, oh my gosh, more people need to know about this. So I'm excited to dig in. I agree. I might be a little biased, but I agree. Wow. Yeah, you should be biased. We're also going to talk with Wayne Ellsbury, a tech support uh, expert and the owner of Wayne's Tech World. Wayne, welcome to the show. If your computer's running slow and you're careful with your dough, don't call your mom. Go to waynestechworld.com. You know, I can say that verbatim, you know what I mean? Because I've <laughs> yeah. heard it so many times. Uh, so, yeah, Wayne, you've done some work for me as well. Very odd, Johnny on the spot with all of that. Uh, you, great service, so I'm excited to chat with oh, you today. Thank you. Quick reminder that you can find uh, find video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. Uh, we'd also like to invite you to join our entrepreneur podcast community on Patreon, where you can get exclusive content and lots of it. Howie, I don't know if you I know you don't check your emails really, but uh, there's been a lot of content that we've been dumping over the last uh, few days as we build this thing out to where it's uh, you know kind of padded well. Took me it? two weeks just to get signed up. And paid on Patreon. Finally got in. Now you want me to start checking it also? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that as soon as I go on vacation this well, Friday. Whoever's monitoring your emails, though, it's because you get an email every time there's a, a new post, which is, I think is a little bit much, but uh, just because we're dumping so much content up there right now, trying to build it out. But anyway, so a lot of content, exclusive content available there. Of course, uh, you get access to the community where uh, us entrepreneurs can communicate with each other there's community and then also communicate with the uh, guests um, and fans of the show and also the hosts right one of the things that I'm looking forward to listening to is we do a little after show conversation that doesn't get on the main let's talk business podcast that goes on the patreon account for the the paid, (coughs) paid content so I'm familiar with the ones that I'm on but I'm not familiar with the one that the other hosts are on so I'm gonna listen in on patreon and watch those yeah, we also started doing trailers, and then, of course, we have bios on all the, go- the guests that come on the show so that people who are visiting and want to learn more about each other, uh, the other guests, and, of course, the fans of the show that want to learn about the businesses, that's a great place to do that, to really connect with why somebody's passionate about what they do, and then they're like, oh, I want that person to come and do business for me. So we've had several hundred interviewees, and then Patreon costs $5 a month to join. Do you have to have been on the show to join Patreon, or can anybody join? No, anybody can get on there, because we want to connect the fans of the show to the guests. And that works for us entrepreneurs as well, because we do business together. But we also want to have you know access to the rest of the, you know, the San Antonio area, the whole nation, really, especially if you're in any kind of virtual business where people can connect and say, hey, this is the person I want to do business with. Right, yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, another thing, too, about being in the community is you're going to get early access to the event. So we've just launched our first quarterly mixer, and we sold out within like two and a half weeks. And it's not until January 25th, uh, but we sold 100 tickets just like that. Um, But I was going to talk to the rest of the co-hosts about maybe launching a second round of tickets uh, because we can hold more people there. 
Um, but uh, we'll have to see what you guys' thoughts are on that. Well, let's talk about it. The whole idea was to make it somewhat exclusive, but the number 100 was somewhat arbitrary. Of course, we didn't think we'd sell out that quickly. And it's important to note that it's a nominal $10 cost to be part of the initial, the, the, the inaugural podcast mixer. And we're donating the proceeds to the Children's Rehabilitation Institute here in San Antonio. So I think, you know, opening it up to a few more tickets... And then making a bigger donation to a nonprofit is not a bad idea. Yeah, is the everybody. mixer just for people who have been on the show or is for fans as well? It's for both, but the vast majority are going to be other business owners and entrepreneurs that are going to be in there. But in pretty much anybody can go. So we'll have people that will buy you know, half a dozen tickets, and they're, they're bringing their crew or they're, nice. they're bringing other people as well. Um, but it's going to be a cool event over at Project Cowork Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, a pretty good space. They're still building that out, and it looks amazing over there. So I'm excited about it them hosting our first one. So if you'd like to be a part of the podcast community, head on over to our website, satalkradio.com, to get started. Also, that's where you can find when we relaunch the second round of tickets. You'll be able to find them there as well. Speaking of Patreon, I want to do some member recognition for some uh, local business owners that have joined that community. So Martha Shawnaway from Tangentees, which Howie, you know her. Yes. Jake and Harper from Rare Form Agency. Keaton Freeberg from Texas Suits. Imad Gerges from Simply Bookkeeping. And Matt Nelson from Peachtree Rose Marketing. And, of course, Howie, I know that you had some difficulty with, I think it was American Express. I don't know that it was, it was yeah. Patreon's and, fault. And it wasn't. It's always the user's fault, man. Come on. <laughs> but I'm the type of leader that blames others. Oh. And so... I blamed American Express, and it turns out that I was getting, and I forgot, I was getting a replacement Amex card, FedEx to me, and so they said, as long as you have the original, you can use it in person, but if you try to sign up for anything online, it's not going to work. Of course, I forgot about that, and I kept blaming the card, and it wasn't the card, it was the card holder. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, both of you guys are like in, like, personal, right? Wayne, you're very personal with your business. You know, you service in person, right? You take good care of clients. Of course, Valerie, you're in, obviously, the massage therapy business. So when it comes to that customer service experience, super important. Howie, when it, what's like a, you're obviously in the customer service experience or business as well. So when it comes to being good at customer service, what are some things that maybe business owners should be focusing on? And we'll kind of take it around. How do you focus on it over at Sharkmatic Advertising? So it used to be in the early days of the three-decade career I've had in marketing that Howie wanted to do everything, and I wanted those clients attached to me. I've spent the last 10 years weaning them off of Howie and connecting them to my staff. And I have a very capable staff that hopefully learn some good things from me and provide in, in terms of providing great customer service. One of the things is some of the employees will give some of our clients their cell numbers. All my clients have my cell number. We've taken calls on weekends and fixed things that the client either messed up or we messed up or whatever it is. So we work pretty much 24-7. The other thing we did at Sharkmatic is that we have office hours ranging from the morning till about midnight, Monday through Friday. So the employees stagger in at different times so that somebody is actually physically in the office to accommodate clients when they email or call in and make a request. Just a little something different, a differentiator for us. And it's funny, though, uh, we've had clients that say, hey, uh, do you guys outsource overseas? I said, no, why? They said, no, not that it's a bad thing. It's just 
we sent an email at 1.30 in the morning to make an edit to a website, and we figured the next day they'd get to it, and we got an email back saying, oh, edit's been done. Nice. <laughs> and that was Jordan there working at 1 o'clock in the morning. The other thing we do is, in order to extend office hours, uh, we host game night for all of my employees and their friends every Thursday night. I never get invited, by mm. the way. But... <laughs> They're there drinking and eating and using the conference room and having, and then they still take calls. My employees still take calls. I love it. And that's keeping that crew motivated. You know what I mean? They're right. Creative folks. Valerie, how about you? How do you really kind of hone in on that customer service experience when it comes to massage therapy? It's just me in my office. So it's a very personal one-on-one experience with the client. So I'm very much about listening to what they have to say feedback, working on that. And they all have my cell phone number. They have my direct email. So a lot of times I'll get uh, emails that I also respond at weird times of the day. And I wonder about it too. And I'm like, Ooh, should I have responded? It's a little bit late, you know, but they do have access to me at any time of the day. And, um, yeah, that's that's really good because customer services, I think is more in demand now than it was in a little bit. It absolutely is more in demand because there's less good quality customer service now than there used to be. Companies used to train employees to provide excellent customer service. When when you talk in a minute, you, you were in the corporate world for a while, and I bet you had good training for, in customer service skills, which now most companies don't. Right. Yeah, it was. Um, I guess I'm old enough that I was raised in a different time stuff a little bit, but I do a lot the same thing that the other that Howie and uh, she was talking about that we, uh, I everybody, all my customers have my cell phone number. Um, I encourage them to text me rather than email because my uh, my email accounts like trying to drink from a fire hose. I just I get an awful lot of emails, so I tend to respond a little better to a text or a phone call. But um, um, I really I pretty much take calls and text. Pretty much 24-7. I mean, if I'm tied up, it might be a little while before I get back to somebody. But most of the time, I either answer the phone or get back to them in a pretty short manner and stuff. And then set an appointment or or handle the problem on the spot, depending on what it is. You know, if it's um, – <clears throat> I actually provide a lot of free tech support for people that will call or text I me. Mean, if they have a small problem, you know, I'll just guide them in the right direction and, and help them take care of their problem. If they can fix it themselves and stuff, I'll help guide them to do that. And – um. And a lot of people look at that, that's giving away a lot of free services, which I suppose it is. But I found if you take care of people on the little things, then when they have a big problem or a, a situation that they really do need help with, then I'm the one that they'll call because I've taken care of them on something small and not charging for it and stuff. So I see it as just planting seeds and taking care of the customer first and then going from there. Yeah, it builds the trust really, really and that likability factor, too. As well, I know with uh, Krukus Virtual Staffing, we're very hands-on. We cover about 16 hours a day, too, on our HR department so that if there's any issues, we can take care of them quickly. And, and through our whole hiring process, it's very white glove is what I call it. Is We walk people through it because it's overwhelming. If somebody's trying to hire from overseas, right. there's, there's lots of moving parts in order to do it correctly. And there's a trust issue there as well. And we just really kind of, my staff is great at just kind of walking people through that whole process. One thing I noticed, though, Mark, about you is that you're very good at delegating, but you don't abdicate your responsibilities. Because at any point in time, you jump in on calls and Zooms and those kinds of things with your staff to run sort of interference between your staff and your clients. Yeah, it's a great team that I have. Uh, I've been working a couple of them I've had for over a year now. And it's like, 
you know, those relationships are meant to be long-term. And when I hire, I'm looking to hire for a long-term relationship if it's a good fit for the company. But when you have that executive level assistant who can do things for you and help you, that learns your business and knows your business and can execute for you, it's so important, like when it comes to follow-ups and uh, just handling, you know, day-to-day operations that can really crush small business owners. There's so much that we have to do. If we don't learn to delegate, we're going to get crushed by it. Right. Actually, speaking on follow-ups, that's another thing that I do is I send text messages the next day, maybe two days later. If I gave you exercises to do, did you try them? How did they work out for you? How are you feeling? So I do send a lot of follow-up texts as well. Yeah, constant communication. It's great, you know, and and using other means of communication. Now, some companies rely only on forms on their website or email communication, and they don't have an address. They don't have a phone number on their website, and they expect that people are going to buy a big purchase item or you know or or book a service Mm -hmm. that's expensive only through email Mm -hmm. without getting to know somebody. And I'm kind of old school, Wayne, like you, you know, I want to get to know somebody, make sure I feel comfortable before I book something. By the way, Mark came up with something called Howeyisms. For some reason, my mind works in these coming up with phrases or something related to what we're doing about. So I actually have one for this. Treat your employees and treat your staff and treat your vendors the way you want them to treat your customers. How many of us have been to a place where the boss is a jerk? And guess what? When the boss isn't around, all the employees are jerks. Or if you sub out to a vendor, the vendors are jerks too to your customers. And I hate that. So I try to always be nice, firm, get my point across, but make sure that I'm treating my employees and my vendors well because then I want them to treat my customers well. That That's something that Howie and I discussed a couple of weeks ago because you, you were doing an excerpt from your um, one of your education moments out of um, – Sam Walton's book, and that was one of the thing, things that he was big on. Like he said, always treated how, his people well. Yeah. However, you treat your customer, your your uh, employees, that's yeah. exactly how they're going to treat yeah. your customers. And he called them associates. Yes, he because did. Because he made them, they, they got a chance to buy stock. And a lot of the people who were at Walmart early on, truck drivers, custodial engineers, were all millionaires, all retired millionaires. Wow, that's a different Walmart than we tend to experience today, though. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> kind of crazy. He would be spinning in his grip. Yeah, he probably would be, right? All right, so uh, let's get into the first segment, though. With, uh, first up on the show is Valerie Murillo, a licensed massage therapist and, and the owner of San Antonio Ashiatsu Massage. So, Valerie, talk a little bit about your background. How, what led you, about 90 seconds, what led you to where you're at now with your business? So... Two different things happened, one that led me into massage and one that led me into ashiatsu massage. And I'd say that I got into ashiatsu massage on accident. It was, I was looking for different forms of deep tissue massage to resolve specific issues. And I was getting different massages at different places. And I came up on ashiatsu massage and I was like, what is that? And they explained it to me and I was like, I want that. That's what I want. And it was a mind-blowing experience. It was something that the same way that my clients leave when they leave my office is how I left. I actually had to sit in my car for 15 minutes to just kind of get my wits about me after the massage. Because you were so relaxed. Yes. It was just such a different experience. And were you already a massage therapist at the time you you came across the Ashiatsu Massage? Yes. So you have to be a licensed massage therapist. So you have to go through basic massage school before you can get certified to be an Ashiatsu Massage Therapist. How common is Ashiatsu here in San Antonio? It's really not that common. And um, it's only been around 
in the States for about 20-ish years. So, so let's get it. What is it? What is Ashiatsu Massage? So Ashiatsu Massage is, so Ashi is Japanese for foot and Atsu is pressure. So Ashiatsu Massage is foot pressure. A lot of people are familiar with Shiatsu, which is finger pressure, right? And Ashi adds the foot part. So it's basically where I'm doing the massage with my feet and I'm using gravity to lean in with my body weight to increase the pressure. Well, and not only increase pressure, but maintain mm -hmm. a certain level of pressure. Have you ever had an uh, Ashiatsu Massage? I have not. Well, you're missing out. Or really? Something. I'm, I'm okay. dead serious because they, they can apply pressure over a pretty good size area because it's mm -hmm. a foot, right. but then maintain that when they're good, mm -hmm. they can maintain that pressure and, and move it around, whatever, like even around the neck and stuff like that. It's this whole thing. But here's the thing that people might be a little freaked out about that I want to ask you about. You should, let's get right to it is the foot. What if their foot's calloused and all kind of, because that could be a weird experience. Hey, that happens with hands too. At, but not, know, as, not as common, right? But So yeah. how, how would you address maybe that objection about how's that going to feel with that foot, especially up around the neck and so forth? As the therapist, we're actually required to have manicured, pedicured feet, right? So we do make sure that our feet are soft, filed, clean, our nails are cut, because imagine we're not trying to exfoliate you at the same time. Right, that yeah that we're doing a massage. But I have had people say, hold on, let me look at your feet first, you know, so. They have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, no, the reason I said that to Mark is because I had a massage therapist one time who had very dry hands. Mm. And and I can feel it, you know, as he was providing pressure. But yeah, and I also think that, you know, might be just my experience, but I think women are much better and well-groomed than men are anyway and guys don't really take care of stuff like that i don't that. i don't like to generalize but that has been my experience right. as well well and you know Go and mark was a cop and you know and right and and as you know what you know why uh profiling work uh, why 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 profiling is done because it, it works yeah right you know so all right well that good thanks for getting that out of the way i appreciate sure. those but uh, so benefits of ashiatsu over regular uh, massage. So walk us through that. Well, like you mentioned, you're getting a broader massage, deeper massage than traditional massage, and you're going to go really, really slow. So you have the myofascial effect of this deep tissue massage, and the effects typically tend to last longer. Um, a lot of the times I have people tell me, you know, I've had this pain for two years and it's a lot of neck and shoulder stuff. That's what we see a lot of now, right? And usually after one session, the pain is gone, right? And I can't say that for everybody, but uh, a lot of times um, you're getting the, you're getting stretch, you're getting stretch therapy, you're getting myofascial release, you're getting trigger point therapy all in one. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it was an amazing experience. Wayne, have you ever done that on Ashiatsu massage? No, I have not. Really? So uh, how do you do the, the leverage? So, I've, you know, obviously I've had a traditional massage where people lean in with their hands and their elbows and that kind of stuff. But how are you positioned? How's your patient or your client positioned? So you can be face down, face up or side lying. It really depends on your needs and what we figure out during the intake. And um, I stand on the table. Typically, I use one foot to do the work and I have the bars overhead that I hold on to because really I'm not very graceful. So 
Got so it, I hold okay. on to the bars and you lean in certain angles to get, you know, to target certain areas. But also there's a strap that we use that helps hold our weight so that we're not holding onto the bars so tightly and getting calloused hands. I see. Gotcha. So we're really just using gravity to our advantage. See, I was thinking either something like that or it's done on the floor so that you don't have to be... There's there's other forms of barefoot massage where it is done on the floor. Okay, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite the setup. Um, you know, it's because you got the bars over, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're holding on to. I didn't know about the strap, though, yeah. thing. And it, really, that helps you guys kind of relax and yes. focus on the pressure and maintaining the pressure mm-hmm. rather than maintaining balance and other things, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah, very good. So how long have you been doing the ashiatsu part of your massage? So I've been massage? doing ashiatsu for two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the me- I fell in love with it immediately. I got my ashiatsu massage, and I went online, looked up the classes, and I signed up for the classes right away. And it didn't take a long time before I decided I no longer wanted to do manual massage. I, I was all in on ashiatsu. Yeah, how long had you done manual massage before that? Two years before Two years. that. And then do you ever combine them, or is there any ever a time when you have to come in and use your hands or no? Yes, there's definitely times. Like sometimes I have to work on trigger finger. It's not something you can do. You know, with your feet or your heels, or maybe you can, but I do it with my hands. And there's certain things in the neck that I do with my hands as well. Right. And of course, applying lotion. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. And you have an office and a studio, or where do you work yes. out of? Yep, I work in a studio inside of a salon suites. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to growing a business like that, what's your approach on the marketing side? How do you market? I started with social media. Social media was big for me, Instagram, Facebook, all of the all of the all of the free ways to get um, people, Uh, a lot of moms groups, a lot of groups where people are looking for things already. So usually, like he said, when you help people with small things, they might come looking for you for the bigger things. And sometimes. I have a um, I have a business page on Facebook where I'm part of all of these groups and I'll answer questions and you'll see my name come up as San Antonio Ashiatsu Massage. Questions not related to my business, but you know, being in networking groups and knowing so many business owners, you are able to refer people to things that they're looking for. So referrals, um, referrals from other clients are really the biggest, most um, successful way of marketing. Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Word of mouth. Yeah, those are the people who come and they stay when they came from someone else. But uh, social media, and I do, I just started dabbling with Google ads, so I'm still uh, figuring that one out. Yeah. Where are you learning about how to do Google ads? YouTube University. Ah, yeah. (laughs) University of YouTube. Yikers. Okay, so... um, how well, what percentage of your business is coming from social media? I'm just curious. I don't have exact numbers, but I do have, a. Uh, there's a, a question on my intake form. Where did you hear about San Antonio Shiatsu Massage? And most of the answers are Instagram and Google. Okay. So a lot. So being on Google Maps is is huge. Yeah. Like that's really, um, I'd say it's a good 50-50. How many reviews do you guys have or do you have on uh, Google Business Profile? I have about 70. Okay. And no, I've smart. been in business for myself for, I think I just hit a year. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. So you have a system in place to collect those reviews? Absolutely. Yeah. What are you using? 
So I use Squarespace and I have an automated email that goes out the day after your session to check in on you. How are you doing? And also if you'd like to leave a Google review, but also the way that I actually get most of my reviews is before the client leaves, would you care to leave a Google review? It would be really helpful. And those always leave a review. Actually, that gets more reviews than the automated email. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So Excellent. usually if they say yes, I'll say I'll send you a link and then I'll just text them the link. So, Harry, what are you, what's your thoughts on uh, as far as local SEO optimization for something like Ashatsu? Do you have a website for your business? I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a Squarespace website? Yes. Okay. Got it. So... You know, Valerie's no different than most small business owners. They start with everything that's free. Mm -hmm. And that usually can get you a good part of the way. The problem becomes in using all the free stuff exclusively is that when you want to scale the business, like Mark was saying, when you want to grow, you want to hire other massage therapists, you want to get uh, your own studio that has multiple rooms and hire people to run, all of a sudden now you have a huge learning curve because now you have to do things usually outside of a Squarespace or Google or, or, or a uh, GoDaddy website by tonight or these templated websites because those usually don't optimize well. So if you do a random Google search for some keywords around what you're doing, you're much more likely to come out um, on the top of the first page if you have a dedicated website that is not on a platform that is a template, mm -hmm. you know? So a WordPress open platform website would optimize. Well, you can put a lot more keywords in and those kinds of things. But that usually becomes a challenge when you want to scale the business. The other thing is there are sole proprietors that have a single location that are not busy enough, in which case, depending on the industry you're in, I, IT and tech services, there's a lot of competition there. Uh, massage, there's a lot of competition. Now, Ashiatsu massage, less competition, so you're more likely to come up on organic searches. So, again, it depends on the category you're in, but I'm a big fan that if you are going to be in business, you invest in some of the paid marketing things to actually grow your business because then it doesn't have to be about Valerie all the time. Now you can put in other massage therapists in there, even if you're going to be on vacation and continue the business. So I my business doesn't depend on me being in the office or me talking to clients. Our revenue stream continues whether I'm there or not. So speaking of which, how do you plan to scale your business? I'm still on the fence about that. I'm not sure that I want to take that step, but there's different roads you can take, right? Because there's the teaching road where I would work with other massage therapists to teach them this type of massage. Or there's the road where I would hire massage therapists and, um, you know, grow as a, as a massage therapy practice. Yeah. There's, also, there's also, you can become a subject matter expert and create monetized videos, not, not to teach, to license, but for people who want to know more about it. And then they can do these master classes. Uh, we had a photographer, videographer that that's how he's making a good amount of his revenue. Oh, nice. It's not a licensing thing. He's not. He's just teaching tips and tricks nice. online, yeah. and people pay for his content. All right, Valerie, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So you can go to my website. That's www.sanantonioashiatsumassage.com. Will you have a link to that? Yeah. Well, yeah, there'll be information on how to get okay, in touch Okay, because I know Ashiatsu well. is tricky to spell. Yeah, right? 
And um, yeah, on my website is the easiest or my, my phone number via text at 210-701-0154. Awesome. Thanks, Valerie. Appreciate it. And what, what about, uh, what are your handles on social media? Uh, they're all San Antonio Ashiatsu Massage. Okay. Facebook, Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Okay. What's your biggest social media presence? Where it's Instagram. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. All right. That's well, a good question. If I'm not, that more often. Yeah, if oh, I'm okay. not already following you, I'll make sure that I, I do. So okay. I think we you all are. kind of connected, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we did it on our, our pre-Zoom call. But more importantly, you're following me, right? Oh. I am, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was following you before you were following me. Oh, awesome. Oh, wow. See? Yeah, fame works. Yeah. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Valerie. Appreciate that. Right. So how did that go anyway? Did you see, how did the, your session go? You were pretty good? Yeah. Fast like and easy? Here, yeah, yeah. We were just talking? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Cool. You seem very relaxed, so that was good. Thank you. You can't see my insights. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> All right, next up on the show is Wayne Ellsbury, a tech support expert and the owner of Wayne's Tech World. So, Wayne, the motivation, obviously, you got the Wayne's World hat on there. So, was that an inspiration for the name of your company, or did you have that first? No, first I started off as ECS, Ellsbury Computer Systems. Okay. And I, I, um, I was. Um, I kind of got started in this business. I was I, I was a realtor, and then the real estate market kind of got softer. At least at least my business had. And the I was at the big Keller Williams over off of I ten City View, and the person that did the tech support position there left, and so I uh, applied for and then got into that position. So that's how Wayne's Tech World grew out of that tech support at the real estate company. I was with a. Uh, one of the other realtors that day, and I he asked me what, what I called my business. I told him Ellsbury Computer Systems. He said, you should do something like Wayne's Tech World or something like, like Wayne's Tech World. I like that. So I, the, the movie was out not too many years before that, and stuff was real popular and stuff. So I went and Googled it, and Wayne's Tech World, there was no uh, – nobody had that name and stuff. So I went ahead and bought the domain and, and started it from there. So, yeah, it was the movie was definitely an inspiration for it. So, yeah. How party you, on. You have a term for that? It's called what? R&D? Yeah, R&D. Rip off and duplicate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, forget research and development. That takes but too it, long. It costs too much money. But it, it helps people remember me. It, it absolutely does. My name and stuff. So, it really yeah. it has been a big boost. I'm, I'm curious as to how you knew how to provide tech support when you were a realtor working for Keller Williams. Um, I've just always, um, I was the kind of kid who when I get a toy for Christmas, I would tear it apart and see how it worked. Got and it. I mean, I was, um, started in, um, as soon as computers came out, my first computer was a Commodore 64. I yes. remember and then, those. then the, um, it was a Commodore 64 plus, And I was, um, I first, um, I was raised on a cattle ranch in Western Nebraska when I was 24 years old. I Joined the Air Force, moved to San Antonio, and I was I wanted to get my commission and stuff, so I was going to college as fast as I could and stuff. So I remember I did a, I had a term paper all done, ready to print out and turn in. And and back then, the Commodore uh, 64 Plus had no way to save files or anything, and I accidentally bumped the cord to my computer as my, comp my printer had jammed, and I lost my whole term paper. I had to completely start over. So that was an early experience with the agony of delete. But Wow. But anyway, then um, then I continued on with Air Force, and as, as part of my Air Force classes and stuff, we were um, the Air Force ROTC captain uh, taught us about, like, Apple computers and how we'd use it or whatever. And then in the ROTC Corps I was in, we, uh, one, of the, one job I had one semester was the information officer. So 
that I had to teach other people how to use computers and stuff. So I made like little Apple Works kits and stuff. So they had their own disk and they go use all the Apple computers on campus. So I was up at, um, it used to be Southwest Texas State University. Now it's Texas State and San Marcos. And so I put together a little kit training people how to use com- the Apple computers and this and that and stuff. And um, then I um, did my internship. I built a computer system for the athletic department there. And just one thing after another, I've always messed around with computers. It was never my primary business till um, after once I started this company in 2011. But I'd always been very computer savvy, and I was always the guy that the neighbor that would always fix everybody else's computer and do everything for all the relatives, friends, everybody that knew I would work on their computer and fix it for free and whatever. And then, then once the real estate market got soft, and I got the tech support job with Keller Williams in my they, we only did certain things for the realtors, like we get their printer working and make sure just basic things were going and stuff. But like if somebody needed a hard drive replaced or something, we didn't do that as part of the realty support. So I would do that as a side job and that and with, with the full knowledge. And I mean, they encouraged me to do that. And so that's how my business grew out of that. So, so. how are you marketing your business? How are you growing your business? I know you do a lot of networking, stuff like that, but what's your main connection really it's just word of mouth i mean i i I do have the website started and stuff um i need to get with sharkmatic more and get get it finished and stuff but they're always johnny on the spot but i've been bad about getting myself to them and stuff but really at this point it's mostly been word of mouth i get a lot of referrals and i'll get i'll get second third generations referral if i work for somebody and stuff i I get referred a lot and i mean um I, i don't want to sound wrong but because I, I think I'm personable, try to take good care of the customer and stuff. I do get a lot of referrals and stuff. And I think to do that, you have to take good care of the customer and, and treat them right. Or they're definitely not going to want to send you down the road to their neighbor or friend or relative or whatever. So Yeah, and I, and I referred that. a lot of my clients to Wayne. And, and, they'll, and then they'll, rem- they'll forget. They might forget his name a couple of years later, but then they'll call me back. And I'll say, hey, what's your computer guy's name again? Because my son's computer and now whatever. Then I give it to him. But then Wayne will call me and he's like, hey, what was the name of that client you referred to me? You referred me a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. And then they connect again. So I don't have a good memory, but I do put everything in here. <laughs> <laughs> so what are people coming to you primarily for? Um, well, it, it's a bunch of different things. But, I mean, it, it can be something simple or something major. One of the main sources that of my business really is like people buy a computer, they have it for a few years, and, and there's one moving part on a computer that always, always goes bad at some point. The hard drive, it's it's reading and writing. Every time you do computer operation and stuff, it's a mechanical device, and it, and it tends to wear out. So a lot of times their, their computer will just act weirder and weirder and go slower and slower, mm-hmm. and they don't know, really know what's wrong with it because there's not really one sign of that, but... Uh, if I get it before it crashes, a lot of times then I can take their hard drive, copy all the data over to a new solid state drive, which runs seven to fifteen times faster than your um, than your old conventional style. So their computer will run better than when it was new. I save their data, and that that's really my bread and butter. A lot of times is is saving their data, getting it moved over to a new drive, and either um, rebuilding their current system or upgrading to the them to a new one. What about building computers? Uh, like, are you yeah, building I, laptops I do a lot as of well? That. Yeah, I, I do. Well, I, I don't. I, I, I buy, I buy used laptops. I have some wholesale sources and stuff that there would be commercial laptops that they use for a year or two, and then they take out the hard drives and sell them and recycle them and stuff. And I'll get some of those. 
And then a lot of time I use people's own machine. So I'll take the, the hard drive, say, out of their laptop, and then I can put it in a um, case for them so they have they can use it as a backup drive. Then we can use that to transfer all if they, all their data over to the, to the new driver system. Like say if somebody has a completely dead computer, if it's quit on them and whatever, we can, I can take the hard drive out, still copy all their files over, and then rebuild them a new system and, and thereby have all their data and stuff transferred over to it. So right. works really well. And not everybody does that or has the skills to do that and stuff, but that's, some, that's really my bread and butter is um, to me, the, a computer has a certain amount of value, but the real, where the real money shot is is the data that's on the computer, the people's personal files, their pictures, their, their QuickBook files for their business, all their business records. A lot of that stuff is irreplaceable. And so if you can save the data and get that moved over to the next system or rebuild their current system, that's where I really can help people out. Well, let's talk about scams for a minute. So we had talked a little bit about that too. So what's the, you want to talk about that a little bit too. So what's the scam that people really need to be on the lookout for out there that's going on right now? Well, uh, uh, one one thing I get hit, and a lot of older people get hit with it, is because um, they'll buy mailing lists and stuff of senior citizens and stuff, and they'll call and say, okay, we're from Microsoft, and we see that you have viruses on your system. We need to log on and help you fix your system and stuff like Well, no reliable company is going to call you and be able to look at your stuff and, and know that stuff about you. So anytime you get a call like that, just hang up on them. But... Um, they're very good and convincing, and a lot of times they'll get people to let let them log on to their computer. They'll go to a website, and they'll share a couple pieces of information, and they can log on and take over your computer. And that's something that, like, people, legit people like myself, I do that too. Like, I do remote tech support for people. That, if somebody knows me and wants my help, and um, it's a small thing or whatever, or they're – I've got one client that lives in – he lived here for years, and he moved to Virginia now – well, I regularly log on to his computer remotely and, and service him remotely. And to do that, you have them go to your tech support website and then get a couple pieces of information. They download a program, and then you can help them remotely. Well, the the scammers do that too. But So the main rule of thumb is don't let somebody log on to your computer that you don't know who it is, you don't really know who you're dealing with. Make sure that it's somebody that you can trust that's not going to – do uh, really bad things to you because they'll do these scams and then they'll lock people out of their computers or destroy their data or assume their identity, all kinds of stuff. So if you don't know who it is, don't let them log on. Right. Now, let me ask you this. If you have a laptop at your house or a desktop, how old is there a rule of thumb of how old it can be before you can actually know that you can get it and upgrade it? Is it like a five-year-old computer versus because most Americans, they want to just go to Costco or Best Buy There's or no complete and right answer for that. Okay. My my first thing I tell people send me a send me a picture of the machine or whatever. So or or if or if I can look at it in person, even better depending on the situation. But I, I really like it if it's at least an I Core three, but preferably if it's I Core five or I Core seven processor. There's three things that uh, make a computer run optimally: the the processor which is the Intel or the AMD chip or whatever that is, and that can vary a lot. So you need to have a, a decent one for a starting point. So if you go back too old, it's not going to handle Windows 10 and 11, and that is not going to work well. The next thing is the, the amount of RAM, and that's basically the amount of memory that you have. That RAM is like your IQ, how much, how much 
you can think about at any one time. So you increase the RAM and then replace the hard drive. So the processor, RAM, and the hard drive are the three components. And the, when you're refurbishing something, the, the one thing you can't change is the processor speed. So if it's if it's a, a decent processor, it doesn't have to be the, the best, but as long as it's up to a certain level, and I, I have to kind of look at that to determine what it is, but if I can increase the RAM and put in a solid-state drive, a lot of times a machine that's maybe seven, eight years old can be really a good machine again. It really depends on because there's not any one cutoff. There's some some machines that are sold last year they don't have a very good processor in them, and there's some that are ten years old that had a good processor. So, right. and again, it also probably depends on what you're going to do with it. If you're going to exactly. go to the internet and just surf around a little bit, you're fine. But if you want to download a bunch of programs or or web apps or, or whatever, video editing, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other thing I tell, especially with laptops and stuff, if the case is violated, if the hinges are broke or whatever and stuff, we don't want to waste money fixing that because you'll you'll have other trouble. If your case is good and you can replace the battery and power supply, that stuff's fine. But you need to make sure the case is good and then what the processor is, then I can kind of tell it from there whether it's worth refurbishing or not. All right. We are out of time for the main segment. So, uh, Wayne, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, best way is um, text me or call me, um, 210-823-9869. Um, they can email me at info at waynestechworld.com, and they, they can get that information off my website, info or waynestechworld.com. But really the phone or the a text is probably the fastest. Awesome. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate that. All right. As we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for the main show. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs>